This is In the Know for Friday, September 10, the 253rd day of 2021. There are 112 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through In the Know at K105. On Litchfield's Country Station, 103.9 The Moose, live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify podcast. We're on Facebook Watch on YouTube Live, and the hashtag is In the Know coming up today. We will update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. We'll also talk about Patriot Day tomorrow, the 20th anniversary of September 11th. In the attack on our nation, Roger Lush is going to stop by from the Grayson County uh, Football Alumni Association. Big event tonight. We'll also have a Cougar Sports Report. And got a lot to uh, get in today and a lot to unpack. That and a whole lot more coming up today here on In The No. Settling in to my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire. Is my beautiful wife. The beautiful girl. It's Beach. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm good. This also kicks off a, uh, an, an uh, eventful and festive week for us. Uh, we're on the one-week countdown to the big wedding day yes. of the eldest daughter, so uh, we'll, uh, I yeah. guess the uh, anticipation level will get a little more as we go through the coming days. And, yeah, and um, I'm feeling better prepared about that, good. so that's good. A week from tomorrow is uh, the big day. It's, uh, I told her the other day, it, uh, we won't be able to blame not enough time to prepare <laughs> as an excuse since we've only had 15 months to do this. He is the five-time winner of the Coveted Ohio NewsHawk Award. He's the two-time Silver Sow nominee covering every corner of the globe, London, Moscow, Paris, and um, eh, we'll just say Tampa again. He's Sam Gormley and the Sparks. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. Can you just say, and not Morgantown? Yeah, and not Morgantown. That's uh, lucky. Which is the great. Best news I've heard all day. The Bears have to come here tonight, so yeah, which is good. talk more about that. Uh, what a good game to kick off the NFL season last night. Uh, if you didn't care who won or lost, it was a pretty good game with the Buccaneers edging out on a yeah. on a late field goal. I, I watched the first half, a little bit of the third quarter, and then and then I ended up hit, head to bed, busy day. So uh, I, I didn't I didn't make it the end of the game, but woke up in the morning and saw that it was a. I guess a walk-off field goal, you yeah. know, game-winning field goal. Yeah, walk a, a walk-off field goal, and mercy, the Yankees are awful again. Uh, but uh, we got uh, things that make me happier to talk about. And we got some things that obviously aren't pleasant to talk about, but uh, big anniversary uh, tomorrow, 20th anniversary of the uh, September 11th attacks on our uh, nation. Going to see a lot of flags flying at half-staff for tomorrow. And I did see a piece on flag etiquette. Um, wondering if you have to fly, if you have a flag at your home, do you have to fly it at half staff or half mass tomorrow? And um, it's actually, it's not, it's only required that federal and state institutions lower the flag, but uh, it's, but the government is encouraging uh, those private and private citizens and individuals. If you have one, you can lower it to uh, half staff for tomorrow. It's a gesture of remembrance. And, uh, you know, we, this week's been full in the, you know, in uh, television networks have had special programming, CBS. CBS has one tonight, more specifically about the CIA. And kind of uniquely, just the three of us here, we have, uh, you know, we have a different, unique 9-11 story. Um, you know, Sam, you were extremely young. Yes? I was four and a half years yeah, old. Four and a half years old, so probably. My I mean, age group is yeah. probably the last that has any, and my memory is so small, and younger than me probably has no memory whatsoever. Right. And I, all I can remember, I was sitting at my babysitter's. And I just have about a two-second memory of watching one of the planes. Sure. That's it. Miss Buckles, you were about to join the airline industry. I was, yes. Yeah. I had an interview that afternoon in Nashville Yeah, I with an airline, and clearly that, yeah. Yeah, it just, it's uh, weird how many intersections uh, were approached that day and in the coming days as a result. Uh, I remember there was a question. It's, uh, it was one of those things, what, what was the first thing you did when you learned of you know the tragedy and for a lot of people it was you might have heard it via radio which is what i did and then turned on you know scrambling to find coverage to see pictures of what was happening because it was so hard to imagine you know to hear someone tell you in a in a news report to describe what was happening we almost couldn't wrap our minds around it that we had to see it 
to believe it. And then when you saw the images of what was happening, it was completely concerning. Um, we Americans, well, those of us to that point, the ones that were my age were pretty soft. You know, at, at that point in time, we thought we had it all figured out, and here we are in the new millennium, and we're far enough away from Pearl Harbor, and we're far enough away from World War II. And, you know, I, as a child, I might have known or been adjacent to Vietnam. It might have impacted my parents, but it didn't impact me. So those of us who are now 50, we were kind of in this sweet spot. You know, we were old enough, but we were young enough, and we thought, ah, you know, we got it made. Nobody will ever hurt us here on American soil. And then these people proved us wrong. And but it was just hard to, hard to see, hard to believe. And I heard a hypothesis last weekend that I've been kind of thinking about over the last few days and wondering. I'd never really considered it, but I think it rings true. People my age generally don't want to talk about 9-11, except maybe on 9-11. I think that it shook a lot of people enough that we don't want to relive it any more than we absolutely have to. It makes you feel bad. It um, is very revealing to how vulnerable we can be. And here's how my point is sort of borne out. There are only about three states that 9-11 is, is mandatory curriculum in the classroom. There are some history teachers that choose to include it, but as far as it being mandated. And I just remember back 20 years ago, uh, we'll just say 20 years ago next week, you know, the phrase, we will never forget, we will never forget. And if we're not teaching it to our children, right, if we don't bring them here, then bring them here to know these stories and understand what happened, they will be doomed to repeat some of the same mistakes that our nation made, which was to basically just be porous in a way to let people come in. And so we're much safer today than we were 20 years ago today as a nation, but we're only a generation away from becoming lax about our security and taking defense seriously before then they will try it again. Because believe you me, there is still plenty of evil in the world and there are still plenty of people who would love to do Americans harm, but it's because of some of the things that we've learned to do in the last 20 years that has kept a repeat if you will, of a 9-11 happening on our soil. Now, we've got a lot of other problems. There's no doubt about that. But as far as um, people you know, trying to en masse crash planes into buildings and do other uh, treacherous things, we've not had that same experience. So I think it's important just you know, make sure that your kids know you know, make sure that young people know, even if the schools aren't going to teach it, you know, and we, we can debate on whether they should or they shouldn't. I personally think that they should. It's part of history. If we're going to teach any, if we're going to teach anything else, especially as it being the catalyst to America's longest war, which just ended two weeks ago, supposedly, then I think you have to teach that as part of the fabric that brings us into the 21st century. When I was in school, we learned about it and I was alive for it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I imagine that if it's not in the curriculum, I can't imagine many teachers are not talking about it today, especially if you're in history class. Yeah, I hope I, so. I, I can't imagine there's a scenario where they're not. We're, and I know that closer to the day, so here we are at 20 years away. So, you know, there's going to be a lot said about it today. Well, how will we how will we approach it in the 21st and the 22nd and the 23rd? I've always looked back at Pearl Harbor, you know, with a lot of, wow, it must have been terrible to live through, et cetera. And it kind of set my my feelings and my understanding and it also helped embolden my patriotism. But I just I, I just want us to live up to the I, I want us to remember how we felt. In the day after and the day after and the day after there was if you could bottle that some in some way. It's a very powerful motivator, and man, were we unified. At that point in time, we as Americans were unified to rally for a common cause to protect our nation, and we have certainly lost that over the last 20 years, without a doubt. All right, as I said at the top, we got plenty of stuff to do today, and I didn't really have 15 minutes to spend on 9-11, but if I'm going to if I'm going to 
if I'm going to talk it, I better walk it, that it's a big enough deal. We need to dedicate time to it. Fantastic Friday weather ahead. Going to be a nice weekend. Going to get warmer into next week. We're going to see some 90-degree temperatures in the region come Sunday and Monday, but not with as much humidity as you might experience in late July and into August. And it will also take later in the day to get to that high temperature. So uh, all in all, going to be a great weekend. Mostly sunny high of 83. And Mr. Sam, I know you're loving tonight's forecast. Mostly clear oh. and an overnight low of 60. <laughs> football it, weather. It will be. So, you know, some people, if you're from the north, you say football weather is in the 50s. But no, no this is. Um, football weather is yeah. when you can go with maybe a light sweatshirt or something. Sure. You know, right. And by and, the end of the evening, there's a little bit of a. A little bit of a brisk. A little bit of yeah. a lift. Like, ooh, I don't want to have cool. to wear heavy jackets when I go to football. Absolutely. It's there. But then again, I don't want to have to sweat. And especially <laughs> because I'm thinking that the Grayson County High School press box doesn't have air conditioning. So it is. It gets warm in there. It's like a little oven if it's warm outside. Yeah. Got to kick that door open, make sure the rear oh, window is air. open. Every win- all windows are open. <laughs> and then all There's you, one fan, but you, uh, the. Some people have already claimed it. And all you blowhards down there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I blow a lot of hot air. A lot of hot air. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we don't have time to spend a we don't have a lot of time to spend on one any one issue in particular today, but a lot of what had the nation's attention yesterday was the Biden administration finally revealing their true intentions that last year they said, oh, no mandate, no mandate, no mandate, and now it's a requirement. And so I, it made me, it sent me running for my <laughs> thesaurus to see if, if uh, mandate and requirements are siblings, but a bunch of federal employees are going to be required now to uh, get the COVID-19 vaccine. And uh, obviously that got a lot of uh, blowback from people and he's going to try and pass an executive order that companies larger than X also have to mandate it or 100 people. Yeah. yeah, Over 100 have to give testing or test out. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not for the mandate. I'm for the vaccine, by the way. I mean, I, I, I'm for it. And I believe, I believe, certainly for me, it was the right decision. And I think for anyone that I know that I can influence, I think it's the right decision. But I am also not necessarily for you have to do this because, you know, it's it, they're just when you talk about freedoms and you really boil it down. But then we also, some of us have a um, contorted sense of what our freedoms actually are, like amendments. I heard something recently, you know, the First Amendment is to protect you from the government. It's not designed to protect you from me. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and you have the right to bear arms, but you don't have the right to put that arms in my face. I mean, it's you like, know, it, the First Amendment gives you protection, but you can't run into a theater and shout fire. Yeah, that's exactly. So, so we get into this, all right, so who's, what, what would it take to, compel you to make a good decision for you rather than, but I just don't think that it's mandates. I don't think having someone at the end of a gun barrel is the best way to incentivize them to do something. And that's kind of what a mandate or requirement is. It's an or else. Do this or else. To play devil's advocate, when you went to school, you had to get vaccines. You had the long list of it. And that's kind of the other side of saying that it's, you know, what's the difference? I wear a seatbelt every day. Someone once told me I had to, and now I've seen I would not get in a vehicle without one. And so I try it. That's a health and safety issue, right? If I chose not to do it, eventually my health and safety would be sacrificed as a result. Now, back during that time when we passed seatbelt law, I did think it was ironic that we require people and force people to wear seatbelts, but we don't make them wear helmets when we ride motorcycles. So it seemed a little bit, right, that seemed a little bit of odd logic to me that we do one and not the other, but... I don't ride a motorcycle, so that's neither here nor there. It's easier for me to say because I'm not a motorcycle enthusiast. But I'm trying to find those things in life, like the seatbelt issue, to try and say this is an equivalent for the vaccine, right? This is a this is a practical, real-world equivalent to the vaccine. And seatbelt is one, but I can't come up with one that's better, so I don't, I don't know. But how many days does it take 52, 52 new COVID cases and hearing the governor say that there are in the state only 90 adult ICU beds still available and that we see continued um, 30 deaths. By the way, 90, 90 ICU adult beds in the state available, according to the governor yesterday, day before there were 188. So really the availability, the available supply decreased by half 
from one day to the next. So here in Grayson County, we've got 102 new cases reported yesterday. We went back up to 157, so the incidence rate back up again, which is, what, 10th highest in the state? Yes. It's highest in western Kentucky, 10th highest in the state, so there you go. Uh, There was a brief meeting of the uh, Grayson County School Board uh, last night, not nearly as raucous as uh, the one a month ago, but there were still some, we'll, we'll call them protesters, some people with concern there, Opposition. probably 20, less than 20 or so. And they took issue with the uh, school board's uh, agenda that said no public comment to be held. And uh, Dave Vickery, school board attorney, cited a KRS opinion, uh, KRS an opinion saying they didn't you know, have to if they didn't think it was productive to the process. They were just trying to really conduct business. But I... To give the school leadership some credit, after the meeting, after they got through their agenda and wrapped things up, they did kind of a Q&A session and a back and forth. And I don't I think they're unlikely to solve anything. Uh, I don't think one side is going to convince the other of anything and the other side is going to convince the other side of anything, which is kind of goes back to our where we are as a uh, where we are as a nation. But one of the things that did come out of the meeting is they're kind of deferring to see what comes out of the special legislative session before they take any real action because late last night there were two veto overrides. So there was a there was a quick volley. It looked like a ping pong match there in Frankfurt for a while. They adjourned, the governor vetoed, and then they voted back into session, gaveled back into session to override the vetoes before the end of the special session. In the end, the supermajority says local Leaders can make decisions at the school level on what they want to do on mask mandates, but they have five days to decide because in five days, the state, the, the mandate from the state board of it, the Kentucky Education Association, it ends. So they got five days to kind of figure out what they're going to do. Now, if you want to go back and study what Grayson County decided to do before mandates were coming down is they said that they would make them optional. But optional also means you get about 10 to 15 to 20 percent participation, which then leads us to remember the 4th of July. It was our independence from COVID. Remember that? Remember that even the president said 4th of July, we're independent from COVID. COVID's gone 4th of July. That'd be nice. Which which 4th of July was? Was, <laughs> right. was, it, was it this he, past he one? He didn't specify. Yes, he, he did didn't not say specify. which one. He did not specify. Which one in Maybe particular. he meant 2024 <laughs> yeah, or something. But, so state lawmakers scrap uh, statewide mask mandates uh, for schools, and I think and I think broadly, I think they've decided if, if you know, mayors, county judges, uh, I don't know, whoever's, you know, health departments, et cetera, if they want to take that up, then they certainly uh, certainly can. They did move forward before they gaveled out of session and ended that special session, gave the green light for the extra incentives for those what they're calling mega projects for economic development. So that's good. Learned yesterday Churchill Downs is uh, planning to uh, dedicate a couple of statues, but probably one more of interest to us than another. A uh, sculpture by artist Raymond Graff shows John Asher sitting on a horseshoe bench and talking with Colonel Matt Wynn and talking about the evolution, almost kind of like bookends mm-hmm. with the, the beginning of the Kentucky Derby to, you know, the most recent generation of Kentucky Derby and exchanging information. They're going to have a public unveiling on Thursday. It'll be at 10 o'clock central time. Uh, I've been kind of brainstorming on if there's a way we can, we, you can incorporate that into our coverage and I haven't hatched a great idea yet, but it's big and would love uh, to I see love it happen. It. been a big week, yeah. of course, you know, with the Kentucky Hall of Fame, uh, Kentucky Sports Hall of Fame with John Asher being inducted there. and then All the, well-deserved, too. Absolutely. He was in yes. Western's Distinguished Hall of Alumni over the summer, yep. too. Uh, Sam, will Louisville defeat the Eastern Kentucky Colonels tomorrow? I, I hope not. But no, I think uh, no. I need them to. I, 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 I'm rooting for Louisville tomorrow. I just I want to be on are, the record. Are you? Are you okay? Do we need? Do we need to call somebody? That's, I need Louisville to be better. Are I you? Need, are you trapped? And that's your way. Of no, I need. Us I need year. Louisville to be better. I need them. This is this is not any fun anymore. Like when they're this. Is he okay? When they're this bad, I, maybe it's nine eleven that's getting. Maybe I'm turning into a softy. I'm 50 now. Maybe I'm. I'm I'll my check edges, them on the break. Yeah, my yeah, edges yeah. are softening. But no, I need. We need Louisville. to call your parents and make sure I, you're okay. I need Louisville <laughs> to win tomorrow. I need them to be better. It's <laughs> no fun when it's not a fair fight. I don't it's know. It's not. kind of fun to beat them by 60. I don't mind if we beat them by 60. I want them to have a competitive season. I want the game to mean something. Same thing. I don't want their basketball program to be terrible. I mean, I, 
Yes, I mean, oh, that's, that, I, sorry. you see what I'm saying? But the one of the biggest games in the nation tomorrow is in Lexington. Right? Should be a good game. Because a lot, of, a lot of other people are still playing Sisters of the Poor and those types of teams. The paycheck games that I call them where you have to write somebody a check for $1.5 to come take a 60-point beating. Uh, but not in Lexington tomorrow. It's going to be the SEC opener for the Cats as the Missouri Tigers. So, honey, you know what I'm going to be doing tomorrow evening. From 6.30 to about 9.30. I'm good with that. Yeah, I'll be watching the cats. Okay. And I hope you'll be right there with me. You've got UK gear. I know it for a fact because I, I, I bought it. So we'll remember see. that for tomorrow. Go cats. Uh, we got a full-fledged Cougar Sports Report coming up. Also, Roger Lush is here to talk about a great event going on tonight at Grayson County High School. Hang around. Lots on the way. You're on In the Know. Today is National TV Dinner Day. TV Whoa. Dinner was created <laughs> by uh, leftover turkeys at Thanksgiving, so we've got to do something with these. It's also National Hot Dog Day. There's a National Hot Dog Day also in July, so celebrate both if you like. It's also Homecoming Day because uh, Cougar football gets underway tonight at Grayson County High School as the Butler County Bears roll into town. And we want to say good morning to Roger Lush from the Grayson County uh, Football Alumni Association. I'm gonna, Roger, what are you, like QB1? <laughs> that what we would call you i mean sure. are, are you the are you the president or would you rather be qb1 well i'm kind of the mouth behind <laughs> the association i'm kind of the one that has a lot of time at work that i can play on the internet and yeah. and get information out your, your supervisor just must not pay any attention to you whatsoever <laughs> well uh let's just say he's gone a lot he he, he, he travels a lot so okay. uh, <laughs> uh we thought um we wanted to get you in because of this great event that we're going to talk about this evening but we also thought it was well, on fridays we do our cougar sports report and obviously you're extremely passionate about you know football specifically but grayson county high school in general so we just kind of thought we would do a hybrid kind of talk about tonight and the events leading up but before we do that Roger kind of give everybody kind of an update you're a, a you were a member of what class at Grayson County High yeah class of 1980 the greatest class as you remember Mark uh, okay yeah. all right uh, it's, it's, how about the it's in the top two okay okay <laughs> will okay that, will that be okay uh class of 80 and then after re, after leaving the doors at Grayson County High School where did life take you yeah I was kind of uh I kind of stumbled around here for a couple of years uh, before I finally joined the military. I, I was listening to y'all talking about uh, 9-11 and, and how my life changed uh, with that on that particular day because, of course, I was still in the military. But I did uh, 20 years of active duty, retired in 2005 out of Fort Benning, Georgia, and business took me to, to uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, hence that's all, where all the NC State stuff uh, <laughs> kind of happened. And uh, we've been there now for 16 years, but uh, we still consider Grayson County home. You're one of the, I think you may be the only North Carolina State Wolfpack fan that I know. <laughs> I think you said two the other day. Or, or, or did you say I was only the second one that really cared about NC State? <laughs> I'm not sure. I, either, either way could, could work. Right. Um, I, uh, but that's okay. It's, uh, it's fun to see. You know, there, it, I did wonder, are you also, do you like UK or UofL? Like, do you still maintain a, a home team? Or have you just decided you're all in on NC State? Now, this is where you're going to say wow. Or Western, or, I mean, you could pick any of them. You're going to say wow. My former brother in law, we won't name any names, used to be the president of U of L. But uh, uh, he's no longer there. Okay. All right. (laughs) And uh, so I kind of pulled for them over the years. And I really wasn't a state fan until you get to North Carolina, you move to Raleigh, and there's such a difference in the. People, and I know this is going to make a lot of folks upset at me, but you can tell a, as I call them, a tar hole fan <laughs> a mile away from a Duke puke fan uh, okay. to an NC State fan. Yeah, so. see, it could be a lot worse. You could, you could definitely be a fan of one of those two. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so tonight is the 35th matchup of the Brecon of the Butler County and Grayson County series. Sam, the uh, where's the series stand between these Cougars two? Cougars up 19-15, one last year 36-6, to but it was really 36 to nothing. Butler County scored a touchdown against JV defense with, I don't know, a minute and a half to play. 
I remember that they were marching down the field. The Cougars had gone about 37 straight drives without allowing a touchdown, and they got down within about the five. And, Roger, I'm not sure if you remember this. Oh, yeah. The JV, it was against the JV defense, and immediately Coach Jones called on his varsity defense to try and stop him inside the five-yard line to keep the shutout alive, and it didn't work. Butler right. kind of ended up scoring maybe the next play or something. But Cougars dominated last year. Somewhere around, I'm going to say it's like 2003, one of the best high school football games I ever saw was like a three or four overtime game, Grayson County and Butler County. Cougars came out on top. Do you have that game in your records that you recall? I could go digging. I don't have it at the exact in front of me. One of the best I I ever saw that ended up in a way that we wanted it to, uh, to end up. Now, I'm glad that Roger is here for this because... Uh, Roger says the Cougars are two and zero. Oh. Sam, officially, we have to mark them at two and one. Uh, Roger, who's right? Are you right or is the KHSAA right? Uh, we're we're going two and zero. Oh. We're going yeah. two and zero. Yeah, I mean, I know Coach Jones is not happy about uh, having to even consider himself at two and one. I like two and zero. Oh. It sounds a lot better. And, and listen, I've been to every Cougar game over the last three plus years, and this year I've seen them play twice and they've won both games that's yeah. right yeah it's uh, and here's what's interesting because in in full reveal the Cougars are looking to line up an opponent to get that 10th game so if they do that then would they have an 11 game record going into the playoffs with the KHSA let them take the take the loss away because of COVID protocols like how are they going to score the that? only rule that is in there as of September the 10th is that if Grayson County would play Barron County, who the game was canceled against, then that case would wipe away the loss. Okay, But if they play someone else, that's kind of the – there's really a gray area right now. Because in a lot of ways, they're not even sure they're going to be allowed to play that 11th game, if you even call it that. Which, personally, I say, let them play. In the two matchups so far, Roger, what stood out to you about this uh, this 2021 version of the Cougars? I didn't expect Kaler to jump out the way he has. I knew he was good. I knew he had his scholarships, but uh, I wasn't expecting him to have 200 yards passing, 200 yards rushing. Uh, his completion percentage has just been off the chart so far. I mean, he has really been. And, of course, the running back that I didn't even know we had. Uh, <laughs> yep. You know, Chandler I asked Coach McCready. Jones yesterday, where have you hid this guy? And uh, he was sort of like my mom and dad was. Uh, his parents wouldn't let him play until his senior year, you know. And so those have been the two big surprises for me. You know, for a a quarterback to have good passing metrics means there has to be someone on the other end. And, Sam, uh, they've been impressive at the receiving level as well. Hunter Toms this year caught 12 passes for 216 yards and four touchdowns. And that four touchdowns marks the most touchdowns a player has caught in a season since stats have officially been put onto the KHSA, which is 2014. That matches the most in a season. Now, again... That can be a little misleading because obviously the Cougars have not been passing as much in recent years. But, I mean, the offense, Cougar offense, 92 points through the first two games of the season, which is a school record for the most through two games. Yeah. And if they score 35 tonight, they'll match the total through three games. Wow. The Bears are 2-1, and one, so they're really 2-1 and one, or they're 2-1 they and one like They are two legitimately 2-1, and one. <laughs> two and one, yes. Okay. What do we need to know? Who, who do we look out for from both? So they yeah. lost to Russellville week one but are coming off back-to-back wins against Breck and Wagner. Uh, it's first time they've won back-to-back games since 2016. Jagger Henderson is the starting quarterback. He's a four-year starter, passed for over 3,000 yards. Solomon Fleener is the guy that you kind of kind of have to watch if if you obviously Butler kind of has to have a Fleener. Hmm, that's clearly and, and a, and <laughs> it's a, a rule and a wise one at yes. that because clearly all the wisdom of Solomon. Uh, <laughs> and he is if you've watched basketball games, obviously he's a guy that you know, big physical tight end. Uh, Last week, Grayson County had some issues with with Dame, who is the tall wide receiver for McLean County. Mm -hmm. So that's something to watch. That's kind of like the matchup to watch tonight. Can they shut down Fleener? All right. So uh, another big event happening at Grayson County High School today is it starts early enough because the class of 80 and those early classes, they're they're full-fledged members of the AARP, and they have to eat early and go to bed early. (laughs) True. (laughs) True. The the Alumni Association tailgate event, uh, what are the origins? I know this is not your first one, but it may be your first big one. What what are you trying to do with your tailgate event tonight? No, uh, what we're trying to do is we kind of knock down just the football alumni and we've uh, opened up our association to all classes, and that was by a recommendation by Coach Danny Clark. And uh, since we've done that, it's just we have grown. I mean, we have 450 members now. 
and, and nothing against our football players, but the most active members that we have in the association are non-football players. Uh, they, they have just taken this to a different level. So tonight is going to be our first ever all-classes homecoming tailgating event. Uh, I mean, we've already started with our food drive. We've already started with our fundraisers. But tonight we're going to have a from 3.30 until the bonfire, which I talked to uh, Tim Decker before I came out, or Tim Duval before I came out here. He's going to make sure he's there tonight to make sure, as, as Josh says, he does not want the mother of all bonfires <laughs> to happen. So uh, Tim's going to be there to make sure where those rocks are at there to the left. That's where we're supposed to have wood delivered there, and we're going to have a little bonfire after okay. the game, if the weather permits. All right. That sounds great. Um, and it's my understanding. This is not in my notes, but my understanding is last one to leave takes Mr. McGee home. Is that <laughs> you know right? he's going to be there. Of course oh, he's going to yeah. be there. I mean, w- without a doubt. So I just he'll be holding court clearly at this uh, event. So that's why I assume last person to leave is responsible for uh, for taking him home and get him, him getting him tucked in for the night. I noticed that you have you started a little class challenge. Um, for some raffle tickets and right. really have raised a pretty impressive amount of money in a short period of time. I, at least it was a number I went, well, hey, that's great. Right. Deb Gatto and the uh, class of 83, uh, they have taken control of the food drive. And this year, uh, another class member of theirs, uh, Larry Cop, with his cornhole uh, boards that he donated to us, he's uh, he said, hey, you know, I'm going to donate these, but you're not just going to give them away in your raffle. Uh, he said, I want to make uh, some type of contribution to whoever y'all want to, you know, help out. So uh, we've kind of split it up that half of the monies are going to go to our Doug Thompson Memorial Scholarship that we give out annually. And the other half is going to go to to Debbie Childress and the Grayson County Alliance. And I think what I saw earlier today, we're close to $1,400. And, and this is uh, just a class of 83, just embarrassing everybody to get involved and yeah. and uh and plus we're still going to take money up tonight at the event so there's no telling what we're gonna end up with listen we, we are short on time and we want to talk about the other sports quickly uh but i do want to commend you for um for really rallying and putting putting kind of tying the eras together, if you will, because there's a common thread of that school now with its age. When I went to school there, it was a young school, and now it's an old school. Right. It's you know It's been there long enough that it has a history, it has a heritage, it has a lineage, if you will. And football at Grayson County High School in your era was great. And in my era and the year coming years, it was terrible. And then sometime in the late, you know, 08s, 09s, it got better. And it's at a level now that is, uh, you know, it's competitive. It's, uh, it, it's great to watch. There's enthusiasm. So thank you for tying those generations together and harnessing some energy and some school spirit to do good things. I really appreciate it. Well, you know, Mark, you're going to, you're going to, I'm not sure if you remember this. Uh, I'm going to blame. You and Misty for this. Uh, you had me on one time when I called in, and uh, when we first started the association, and uh, I forget which one of you said this, but uh, you kind of just punched me right in the face when you said, okay, what's next? Mm. And you had me tap dancing on the air, because at the time, we had a know what's next. Yeah. And from that, uh, you know, between myself and... Scotty Clark, Ricky Clemens, uh, uh, Bill Clemens, and Robert Martin, we just started game planning. You know, what can we do next to get the community involved? And uh, Deb Childress helped us out tremendously, and it's just it's just grown. Mighty Oak starts from a very small seed, that's and that's kind of what you've been able to, to do over the last few years, and we appreciate it. Don't go anywhere yet. Volleyball, Sam, been a quick week for the Yeah, they've been volleyball. quarantined this week, so they, they make that trip down to downtown Browntown on Tuesday. They take Edmondson County. Big district game, though, for them. All right, not a good week for the Lady Cougar soccer team. Yeah, they lost to Breck on Tuesday, and then last night lost a heartbreaker to McLean County 2-1. to one. So, pipe match for them. They are going to be busy tomorrow. They're playing at the Battle of the Bridges in Hart County. So, they have three games scheduled, Hart County, Washington, and Russell County. So, right. busy, busy day for the Lady Cougars. On the boys' side? Uh, they beat Allen County, Scottsville Saturday. They had the Butler County game canceled on Tuesday, which I know we've talked about. And then last night beat Hart County on Thursday. They have three consecutive shutouts going 
They're going to be at ACS tomorrow, 11 a.m. kick. All right, golf. Golf, they face LaRue Owensboro in Ohio County in a busy day at Lafayette Golf Course on Wednesday. They, they were supposed to be, the boys were supposed to be at Meade County tomorrow. That match has been canceled, though. All right. Uh, Roger, do you know if I said Harriers, Cougar Harriers, do you, would you know what sport I'm talking about? Not at all. Okay. Today's youth, they also don't know that. So Harriers are also runners. So the cross-country team could be called <laughs> could be called Harriers. So, okay. I, I, But I didn't know if that was just a me thing or if you knew that as well. So Not what about cross-country? Uh, they competed in Danville last weekend, and they're going to be at the Hardin County Fairgrounds Frenzy. Tomorrow, which is still one of my favorite names. It doesn't necessarily top the Hillbilly Run. <laughs> oh, Hillbilly Run is Which the best. is coming up, I sure. think, two weeks from tomorrow. I think it's the 25th is the Hillbilly Run. But the Fairgrounds Frenzy is a, is a good name. For you were in Danville on Saturday. Did I was. you see the cross-country team? No, I missed team? them. Okay. I missed them a little bit. I, I got in there a little bit later on in the evening. All right. What do you say about, um, so, Cats win tomorrow? Yes. Yes? Yes. Going to be exciting? Yes. I think so. Who do the Wolfpack play? Are they... Well, we're going to have our SEC foe, uh, oh. and if you follow NC State football, you understand that the last 16 games were one, 14 losses, and one tie in the last 16 away games, and we play uh, Mississippi State. So oh, I'm not oh. looking for a, a happy Mike outcome. <laughs> Mike Leach. Yeah, Mike Leach in That's Mississippi right. State. All right, well, uh, Roger, quickly, what do I need to know if, say, I've this is new to me, but I've got school spirit and I want to participate where do I need to be? When do I need to be there? What do I need to bring? We are going to be at the practice football field. We have that whole area. They've got it in mint condition. Uh, all it's going to cost you is a canned good to get in. Uh, we're recommending, uh, you know, if you want to take advantage of all the space that you see there, spread out. And uh, we're just going to have a good tailgate. We're going to have door prizes. We're going to have team recognitions. And we're just going to have a good time from anywhere from 330 all the way until we get Mr. McGee home. How about also uh, Mr. and Mrs. Homecoming plus age 40 and over? It's homecoming night. Can we have a homecoming You know, we didn't even think there? about that. You know, we might we might have to we look, might have to he, throw that in. He just wants to win. Plant those seeds. Oh no, I don't I don't want to win. So that's Roger Lush from the Grayson County Alumni Association. Hey, thanks for all your your hard work. It's wonderful. We appreciate it. Thank you all. You said tar hole. No, tar holes. Tar holes. Tar holes. That's a new one on me. <laughs> I like that. I have to use that to my advantage. We got to get to a break. We'll come back. Roll on here on in the know. Did you know? I should have asked Roger Lush this before he got away, because he would know from his time in the service. The secret code for unlocking nuclear missiles during the Cold War was zero 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 zero. Nine zeros. Nine zeros were huh. apparently during the Cold War would get you uh, get you full access to our uh, arsenal of nuclear weapons. So that's a pretty good one. I, I made a couple of age jokes that. at Roger. Yeah. Apparently he has really good ears. Yeah. Because I just got back in my seat. Yeah. I don't know how he heard anything. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's really quiet. He's taking, he's taking right? care of uh, take, taking care of his ears. <laughs> he knows he's got to do it. I'm glad Roger stopped by. Yeah, it was yeah, really too. fun. Looking really forward good. to uh, a yeah, great I'm, event tonight at Grayson County. I'm High excited to, to stop by and yeah. Although I'm a little worried about who they chose as the grill master. Oh yeah. And I'm not sure if this person has just distinguished himself as the grill master or if they actually voted. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, he probably flashed his badge around and said, I'll be the grill master. And everybody said, well, I mean, if I say no, I'll get a speeding ticket. So it's, you know. Yeah. I I mean, do I trust said grill master? Oh, yeah. He'll be be fine. (laughs) Yeah. And matter of fact, uh, Sheriff Chaffins was, he part of that group that was like one of the last good class, like one of the last good football teams before my era. And then they just went, we're terrible for 15 years and, or, or longer. And so, yeah, it's. Yeah, he'll be fine. But now, his career gets a little better as the days go by. So be careful about talking to the sheriff about his playing career. Like every time you talk to him, he suddenly scored another <laughs> touchdown. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just... Well, I mean, the last thing I checked is that he didn't start as a freshman, but his son is starting as a freshman. <laughs> well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <Okay>. I mean... <laughs> Today's movie premieres. Uh, Malignant, 
The Card Counter and Queen Pins, new at the cinema, if you're headed out there this weekend. Uh, in uh, Dexter. Oh, yeah. Now, the two of you know Dexter and like Dexter. I don't know anything about it. So you'll have to tell me <laughs> this trailer that's out confirms the return of Harrison. And also there's a peek at Deb. Is this good? Yeah. I, well, I watched the trailer. So you sent it to me this morning and I watched the trailer and it, surprising. Surprising. I've not watched the trailer. Okay. But I Very can surprising. see... Where the two make so, sense. Harrison is his son. Deb is his sister. And I'm not going to say any spoilers for those that might be rewatching that uh, haven't gotten to the point that on to what happens. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, very surprising. But in it, but in the Dexter world, this is oh yeah, this is oh okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So all right, yeah, very good, good. stuff. Uh, Tiger Woods rehabbing to try and play golf again, according to Steve Stricker. That would be wonderful. I think it would be one of the best comeback. He's already made a great comeback once, you know, at the Masters two years ago, but then. To you know, to be able to come back from that car crash, I mean, it would be, it would be miraculous. I would think, considering you know the condition, through, yeah. condition he was in, and then um, I was reading yesterday, Matt Damon. I didn't get to it. Matt Damon apparently has what's called a, the kids call it a, finsta. Oh, okay. Do you know what a finsta I think is? That's like I read a, a finsta. Fake, fake Instagram or fake something? Fake Instagram yeah. is what I was led to believe that it is. And Matt Damon, who is notoriously against social media. Said in an interview with Us Weekly or Esquire or somebody, said that he has a fake Instagram account or a secret Instagram account that he only has 76 followers. And so, and he has had it since I think 2013 or something like that. Well, that was just enough context and just enough breadcrumbs that the internet. Found it. Sleuths found it because they were able to tell by the people that they followed and the people that followed it, and it had the 76. And, like, if you, if you put that in print, you got to at least throw people. And the name of the account is an anagram of Matt Damon. Really? Yeah. It's like, well, duh. There's, you should have never said anything about it. But there you go. we got to get to a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up for the week. You're on In the Know. has got me down Well, sex is cheap and talk is overrated MB's point to ponder for today still working on the sound. So, there were a couple of them I had jotted down. We kind of covered the 9-11 one early on in the show, so this will be a completely different direction. What's the most expensive mistake you ever made? Oh, dear. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It took me a minute, too. It was like, I don't, I'm not sure. Guess it depends upon what you define as a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, did you? I mean, is a mistake an accident? Um, uh, I, I don't know. Um, you had a bust of oil pan on a car when you were a, a teenager, yes. yes? Yes. That probably would was, be the yes. most expensive mistake? Well, expensive to my parents. Yeah, yeah. yeah but So it didn't <laughs> yeah. matter who paid for it. It was mm-hmm. probably the most expensive. It was expensive. I was reminded, so I was like, well, what would mine be? And again, I went back to, well, what do you consider a mistake? It's all mm-hmm. about perspective. you know. And my answer might be different day to day. But it reminded me, speaking of Matt Damon, of we bought a zoo. <laughs> it's kind of like, well, yeah, you bought a zoo. Say, hey, we bought a zoo. And there are some days it's, we bought a zoo. Mm-hmm. So, Sam, you may be too young to have made any expensive mistakes. Yeah, I, I, nothing comes directly to mind when I'm sitting here thinking about it. Yeah? Nothing. Yeah, I mean, okay. I don't know. I, yeah, I'll I'm have to think about that. Maybe something that... will hit me. Well, the good news is... That means you've got we something in the future that's great. going to be great. Uh, the Fantastic. CIA race against time, the true story of the CIA and 9-11 on CBS tonight. On the History Channel, rise and fall the World Trade Center. <laughs> yes, <laughs> apparently, yes, it was the busted oil pan that we probably drove Which drove around town until it... The engine, yeah, it was smoked yeah. and holy cow! It's the fire that it's, department. It's really, it's really just no comment. It's yeah. just, just <laughs> when the, you get a thumbs up from your mom, you're like, yeah. But you got to admit, I must know a lot if yeah, I knew what her because, most expensive mistake was, and it happened when she was I a didn't teenager. Even think of that. Yeah, but yeah, you did. Tomorrow on the History Channel, nine eleven, four flights on CBS. It's the uh, season premiere of sixty minutes, but over on ABC is the Celebrity Family Feud. So. Think you'll be able to find what you want 
entertainment-wise this weekend, whether you want to, you know, really get into the anniversary of 9-11 or if you kind of want to, you know, find a good balance, which is what we've really tried to do today is just try and stay balanced where we can because there's, you know, plenty of other things that we need to stay focused on as well. Today's highlight in history, this day in 1963, 20 black students entered Alabama public schools following a standoff between federal authorities and Governor George C. Wallace. Forrest Gump was there, as you recall. <laughs> in 1984, a revival of the TV game show Jeopardy, hosted by Alex Trebek, premiered in syndication. Remember that one girl dropped her book, and Forrest went over there and picked it up and handed it to her? <laughs> you forgot your book. Birthdays today. Jose Feliciano is 76 today. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad to you. Bill O'Reilly is 72. Joe Perry from Aerosmith is 71. Colin Firth is 61. Baseball Hall of Famer Randy Johnson is 58. Ryan Philippe. Philippe? Philippe? I would never get that right. He's 47. Sam, Joey Votto is 38 38 today. today. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Future Hall of Famer. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that's all the good birthdays for today. Listen, you, you should have let off with Joey Votto. I do them, Sam, I do them in chronological order. <laughs> well, we, work, we work oldest to youngest. I mean, Randy Johnson, that's a, I mean, that's a pretty good one-two punch of baseball birthdays. Randy Johnson and Joey Votto? Not too bad. Arnold Palmer, 1929. Oh, Charles Corralt in 1934. Roger Maris in 1934. That's a heck of a... In fact, I knew, I, now that you're saying this, because Joey Votto had a dog named Maris. Ah, uh, I guess that would make sense on... Since they shared a birthday. Mm-hmm. All right, let's find some chart toppers for today. Let's go to 1953. Did I say 1953? Dear John, Gene oh, Shepard. Berlin Husky. Dear John, I must let you know tonight. You didn't like Dear John letter? I can't even. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. All right, let's go to 1962. Tommy Rowe was number one with Sheila. Much different than Oh Sheila by Ready for the World. Or, uh, by, yeah. Yeah, Ready for the World, Oh Sheila. Yeah, that's who did that song. So much knowledge up here, it's all running together. That's what happens when you turn 50. 71. You're right, ready for the world. Aretha Franklin. I just knew it so convincingly that I went. Well, all I can think of is the show or movie or whatever that somebody says, Oh, you little Sheila. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, Sheila, of course, is an Australian word going to drive me crazy. Shayla. Shayla. Sorry. I got mesmerized by Aretha Franklin, which <laughs> tends to happen to me, so my apologies. Let's go to 1980. From the soundtrack to Urban Cowboy. Johnny Lee, number one. The thing I love the most about this song is that it's on Buckwheat Sings the Greatest Hits. Wookin' Penub. Buckwheat Sings the Hits. Wookin' Penub. All right, so it's Bruce, the shark, in Finding Nemo that says, Oh, you little Sheila. Bruce. I do shock. not remember that from that movie. No, clearly, I watch a lot of Disney. Yeah. 1989. Warrant, number one. We love this. I was going to say, this would be a misty song, wouldn't Evan. it? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You could say, we're in the hair band. The more Aquanet, the better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we've been talking all week about great hair. You had to have it to get into Warrant. You got thrown out if you didn't have good hair. 1998, Joe D. Messina was number one with I'm Alright. I hate to admit it because I'm one that says I don't care for country music, but I actually know that song. I like that song too, though. It just makes you feel good. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm alright. It's self-affirming. Yeah. I'm alright. I mean, follow it up with Kenny Loggins. 
I'm all right. Now you're in a little bit more of my self-affirming. I'm back in middle school now. Plain White Tees number one in 07. Okay, elementary school. Hey there, Delilah. Delilah. Sheila Delilah. Listen to my voice, it's my Shayla Delilah. I'm by your side. I mean, if we're going to do Bruce, we're going to go all in on talking like Bruce. Talking like an Australian. <laughs> Talking like Steve Irwin? I do. I will whip out the Bruce uh, with Alea about Nemo. and she's Fish like, are friends, mm. not food? Yeah. Very good. Oh, a bite. Come over here and get a bite. <laughs> yeah. Five years ago today, the Chainsmokers featuring Halsey number one with Closer. All right. Sam, do the Cougars win tonight? I... I don't like making picks when I call games. It's, 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 it's bad, just, bad mojo. Didn't ask um, you to name a score. Um, I mean, it should be a good game. I, I should be excited. I mean, Butler County, Grayson County doesn't get much better. I mean, well, I guess it does get a little bit better when it's Grayson County, Edmondson County, but it's probably number two. What, locker room show at 6.30? 6.30. Good to okay. uh, have a good conversation with Coach Jones. Excited about it. So All right, good. Should right. be a great game. I'll pay attention. But yeah. it, There might be a test. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can. I think I can pass that. <laughs> MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. The best things in life aren't things. The best things in life aren't things. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Look forward to seeing you back here on Monday for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for Beej, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.